Hey, top of the morning to you. It is Wednesday, middle of the week, August the 10th, 2022. My name is Mike. I'm your host. This is the FBTV podcast. Every, every Wednesday and Saturday, we get together for a half hour, maybe 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. Talk about things transportation, talk about things freight brokering, talk about things trucking, talk about things that have nothing in the world to do with transportation. We have a little bit of fun. So, today, what are we doing? Well, before we get into that, I want to remind you, Saturday's podcast is Q&A day. Your questions are answers. If you have questions, send them to me. You can do that by emailing them to me at fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Contact forms on our website. You'll find those at, at our website, freightbrokertv.com, obviously. And we do have Skype. So if you'd like to message us your question via Skype or even call it in, you can do that. Just do a search on your Skype for FBTV. And send it to us. That's simple. Today's August 10th, 2022. Today is Lazy Day and S'mores Day. Kind of go hand in hand, don't it? Uh, back to school month all month, obviously. You know, keep 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 an eye out. You're going to be seeing the school buses hit the roads here before too long. You've got to be on the watch out for the kids, right? Okay, prices, fuel prices. Well, they're down again this week. That's good news, but we're still we're still not where we were a year ago, and a way way off from where we were two years ago. <clears throat> four ninety nine for diesel. Four ninety nine a gallon at least. According to the EIA, Energy Information Administration, we're down to 4.99. That's uh, down 15 cents from a week ago. But according to AAA, the average price per gallon of diesel across the country is $5.12. So here we go. The uh, EIA, if you remember back a month ago, two months ago, their site was down at least for diesel. Because they were uh, changing their formulas for calculating the average price per gallon. And they did that for diesel. But uh, gasoline didn't do it. The gasoline average price per gallon, according to the EIA, is $4.04 per gallon. That's down 15 cents from a week ago. But according to AAA... The average price per gallon of gas is 403, and I've noticed that quite a bit over the uh, weeks that diesel has started appearing back on the EIA. Is that the gasoline, which was never recalculated, the formulas were never redone. Gasoline, according to the EIA and the AAA, pretty much side by side, they're pretty much even every week. Sometimes spot on. If they're off, it's just a couple of pennies. It's not much. But diesel, forget it. Just like today, the EIA says four ninety nine down fifteen cents, but AAA says it's at five twelve. Who are we to believe? Well, if you're a driver buying fuel, you know who to believe. I travel a little bit here around Arkansas and Oklahoma. I'm not OTR or you know do extensive five, six hundred mile trips, but, you know, a couple of hundred mile radius. And what I've been seeing 
Diesel's been staying up over $5 a gallon. Maybe I'm just looking in the wrong place. But uh, I, I truly hope the EIA aren't playing with numbers. I just thought it was weird that, uh, you know, the, the EIA, the, the formulas, when they changed it, couldn't come back online for, oh, what, several weeks, over a month, maybe, right at, something like that. Anyway, it is what it is. It's what we have to go by. And, and why that's so critical, the uh, average price of fuel from the EIA is simply because trucking companies, they adjust their fuel surcharge by what the posted average price per gallon of diesel is. They've sat down with their customers and agreed to a fuel surcharge. So as fuel increases or decreases, the fuel surcharge will adjust automatically. But when you got a 13 cent difference, that's an adjustment period. Trucking companies should be getting more money possibly. So, are they misleading on purpose to keep prices down, keep people thinking that, hey, you know, diesel's down, saving shippers a fuel surcharge? This is just so squirrely. It's unbelievable. And people keep believing whatever is thrown out. Whatever Washington spews, that's what a lot of people believe, and here we are. But the people that drive, they know. Talk to a driver. If you don't, if you know a driver, talk to them. See how the fuel, what kind of fuel costs they're looking at across the board on average. I'd almost bet you it's closer to that five twelve than four ninety nine. But it looks good four ninety nine, and I've been looking at the headlines all over the place. You know, fuel diesel finally under five dollars a gallon. We're still way too high. Gasoline's still way too high. But anyway. Get me off my soapbox. <laughs> okay. Uh, today's impossible question. The average age for a person to learn how to do this is eight years old. The average age for a person to learn how to do this is eight years old. What is it? We'll come back to that before we get done. A lot of you probably have already guessed it. Well, if I remember to come back to it, we'll answer it before we get done today. <laughs> I do have that issue occasionally. Uh, topics today. The topic, trucks or freight brokerage. Why should come first? Getting the truck, then starting a freight brokerage, or getting trucks, or getting starting the freight brokerage, and then uh, getting trucks, if you're thinking about that. A lot of times, clients call me. Or potential clients, they'll ask, hey, what should, should, you know, I'm thinking about starting a trucking company, but I also want to start a freight brokerage. Which should I do first? Should I start the freight brokerage or get trucks? We're going to be talking about that today. Spot rates. Spot rates. Uh, from last week, van down uh, 0.2%, flatbed down 1.8%, refrigerated rates down 0.5%. Spot rates uh, this month compared to last month. Van down four cents a mile, down to two sixty. Flatbed down thirteen cents, down to three seventeen. Refrigerated down six cents, down to two ninety four. Now, it'll be interesting to see how this reflects next week. 
because I think a lot of this is fuel prices, the fuel surcharge. I don't I don't think the line hauls are being affected that much. I think it's the fuel that's uh, causing this uh, decrease in spot rates. Could be wrong. <clears throat> Could be wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll learn more about that next week. CVSA break week coming up August uh, 21st through 27th. If you're a driver, that's going to be important to you. CVSA is going to be checking brakes all over the country. You know, brakes still account for about half of all out-of-service violations. Brakes, out-of-adjustment, worn, check your brakes. <clears throat> it's really, well, I was going to say it's really easy to do, but I don't want to start giving information if somebody did it and it didn't work right. I, I don't, you know how it goes. <laughs> Hey, if you're having a birthday today, happy birthday to you. You're in pretty good company. Sam Warner. Yeah, Warner Brothers. That in Hollywood. He was born on this date back in 1887. Jack Haley. Born on this date back in 1899. You may be wondering, well, who is Jack Haley? No, he's not the one that discovered Haley's Comet. He was Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. Jimmy Dean. He was born on this date back in 1928. Jimmy Dean, country star, actor, probably better known for his sausage. He was a singer, too. He was just that down-home guy. He was born down in Texas. He seemed like, the, he seemed like a nice guy. Never, he seemed like a guy that never met a stranger and was friends with everybody. Might be wrong. Rosanna Arquette. She's having a birthday today. She was born on this date back in 1959. She was uh, in Desperately Seeking Susan, also played in uh, Draft Day with Kevin Costner. She was the ex-wife. Antonio Banderas, born on this date back in 1960. Today in history, happy birthday to Missouri. Missouri became the 24th state of the Union. 1948, Alan Funtz, Candid Microphone debuted on ABC TV. It was later titled, you guessed it, Candy Camera. And on this day back in 1996, a lot of you may remember this, a power outage hits parts of the nine western states. I don't remember that. It seemed like I should though, but I, I'm in, I was in Arkansas at the time, wasn't I? And no, actually, I was driving a truck, I think. I don't know. It's been too long ago. July Class 8 orders take an expected downturn. Expected downturn happens in July. Every July, orders for Class 8 takes a downturn. I was at a dealership yesterday, and a car dealership, and you know they, they had a bunch of used vehicles. They said their problem is getting inventory from the manufacturer. They only had 10 new vehicles on their lot. Everything else was used. They weren't happy. Yeah, I brought up, yeah, you know, uh, won't be long, you guys be selling those EVs. Just joking. Yeah, we may have to, they said. <sighs> you know, I was talking yesterday, last night, to my wife. I said, you know, it, 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 the, the car manufacturers, they don't know. It's kind of hard to them to for them to uh, 
produce inventory when they don't know what the government's going to do. It's obvious the government is after the automobiles. They're after fossil fuels. They're coming after them. How, how, you know, how can they, how can they uh, produce inventory? They don't want to be stuck with all that inventory, spending all that money. That put them out of business or cause the government to have to give them more money. But anyway, North American Class 8 orders in July were at 11,400, the lowest point of the year. ACT Research reported the figure, citing truck makers' data that was preliminary but pretty much complete. A lot of the reason that they gave is simply because truck makers, manufacturers cannot get the needed parts. Orders were 25,480 a year earlier, down about 17,000 for 2021's peak. The July, or this July rather, rather orders fell by uh, about 10,000 from a lower peak of 21,218 amid a weak order environment, trucking companies don't know what to do either. Washington's got the nation kind of upside down, scratching their heads, wondering what comes next. What should we do? That's, that's, that's not good. That's not good. But it is what it is. All right. My name is Mike. I'm the host of the FBTV podcast, obviously. YouTube videos, if you watch our YouTube channel. You'll find it at youtube.com forward slash Freight Broker TV. Generally, we try to put up three videos every week, if not more. I'm the lead consultant for Tautoa. We are a training and consulting firm. We train brokers, broker agents. We train trucking companies or assist trucking companies. We consult. If you're wanting to get into the industry as an agent, that's where you will be working as a freight broker, but contracted to an existing freight brokerage company working under their authority, their license. But it'll, it will uh, allow you to start getting the experience, start making money. There are freight broker agents in this business that uh, make way over six-digit incomes. doesn't happen overnight. Don't let anybody tell you it does. I get calls every week from people saying, I was told I can make... $100,000. I can make three hundred. You know, yeah, you can, but it's going to take time. It's a process. It's not overnight. But if you'd like to learn more about what we do, check out Tautoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. we got all kinds of packages uh, on our website. Designed for freight brokers, those that are wanting to become freight broker agents, uh, our packages include training, consulting and if you're wanting to start out as an agent yes we even offer placement into our mentorship program that's where you're going to be able to uh, begin your broker operation as a freight broker agent through us under our licensed brokerage allowing you the opportunity to begin your broker operation gain the experience and start building that book of business and yes I guess, is it paid yes it's paid you're a freight broker agent. You're going to be paid standard commission of 60% on profit of the load. We call it load net. The difference between what the customer paid you to move load and what you actually paid the truck. 
But what I was getting at when I first went down that road a moment ago is I get calls every week from people. Listen, Mike, I'm trying to decide, should I go out here and buy a truck, start my trucking company first? Or should I start a freight brokerage first? That's a decision that every individual has to make on their own. Bottom line. My recommendation would be to begin your business plan for the trucking company, figure out what's what, get an idea of what you're doing, what you're wanting to haul, things of that. And when I say what you're wanting to haul, I'm talking about dry van, flatbed, or refrigerated. So once you get that in place, now you can decide what uh, the best uh, purchases to make for the uh, equipment. You know, drive in, flat, better refrigerated, what kind of tractor to buy, things of that nature, new or used. But keep in mind, too, <laughs> used, if you're thinking about buying a used truck, you may want to hold back. You know, the average cost of a used truck right now is over $90,000. $90,000 for a used truck. That's, yeah, we talked about that Saturday, but uh, you know my feelings about that. That's crazy money. You know, I was talking to somebody here the other day. Uh, W900 KW a couple of years ago, you know, $30,000, $35,000 for a good used one. Today, forget it. You're, you're pushing six digits for that same truck. He even said, you know, I got, I'm even thinking about selling my truck now, <laughs> selling it so I can make a big return on my investment. The only thing that stops him is he knows he would have to go out and buy another one. <clears throat> so not a good idea to do that at this point. Anyway, well, my point is, yeah, get your business plan together. Figure out what kind of equipment you're going to want to pull. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get me a, a truck. I'm going to get me a drive-in, a refrigerator, and flatbed trailer. All right, you're going to be a master of all trades, jack of none. You know, you don't want them in. That's a good idea, but you're taking taking in a lot of uh, overhead for hit and miss stuff. My recommendation is to decide what you're going to pull. Focus on that type of freight. Do some research and training. Uh, when our clients are uh, using the load boards, we teach them how to calculate rates. We teach them how to do rate sheets. And the homework is, okay, do, we're going to have you do three rate sheets. One for a flatbed load, one for a refrigerated load, one for a drive-in load. And part of that homework, when they've completed the rate sheet, go back and compare the rates. See which type of equipment commands the highest rate pretty much across the board. One type of equipment will stand out. So if you're a a truck driver or wanting to start your own trucking company, it's a pretty good idea to know which type of freight that be. A lot of you already know you're guessing. And you're probably right. Uh, to be, to be, you know, across the board, it's going to be flatbed on a more consistent basis. Yes, refrigerated freight does jump up there during produce season. But the rest of the time, you're going to see flatbed pretty much on top. Drive-in, everybody wants to get into drive-in. If I was starting a trucking company, and I was going to be a small business, and most trucking companies are small businesses, 
a dry van is not what I would buy. That's just me. The reason is if I drive, you know, if I got two, three, four trucks, they're all, you know, I'm pulling, hauling dry van freight. Now I'm competing with Schneider, with J.B. Hunt, with Swift. You see what I mean? Companies that have thousands and thousands of trailers, you know, they, they, they're able to give a better rate than somebody with two or three trucks, if that makes sense to you. But my point is, determine what kind of equipment you're going to want to do for your trucking company. Put that on hold and start brokering. Focus on shippers that have that kind of commodity. If you're wanting to do flatbed, you want to focus on flatbed freight. If you're a broker, if you're you know dry van or refrigerator, whatever you choose, focus on that type freight for your freight brokerage. Now here's why. When you begin your freight broker, you start building up this customer base. Obviously, you want to search uh, if you plan on getting a trucking company or getting a truck down the road, starting your own trucking company. It's a pretty good idea to have customers near the base of your operation. So you're going to want to find customers uh, within a 150-200 mile radius of your base of operation for that type of equipment. What you're actually doing is creating a customer base, not only for your brokerage, but for your trucking operation as well when you get to that point. So when you do and you are ready to start your trucking operation, you've got customers. Yeah, Mike, but I've been, you know, working those customers with my brokerage. Eh, they're going to be they're going to love it that you are now an asset-based broker. In other words, you've got your own equipment. All you've got to do is send them your paperwork to get set up and you're in the door. What I'm getting at here is no broker. <clears throat> and if you got customers all over the country, you may find you, you're going to have to deal with the broker less and less and less. For the simple reason, eventually, hopefully, the way it works out for you is everywhere you go, you've got a customer that can get you back to where you need to be. A lot of people start out by buying a truck. Yeah, well, you know, I can start making money immediately. Yeah, you can, but you're going to have to start working through a broker immediately. So you're going backwards from the day one. See what I mean? You're using a broker, giving up 10, 15, 20, 25%, whatever, on that load. Where if that was your customer, that would be your money. You want to use a broker for a backhaul only to get your, your equipment to a destination you need that equipment to be. And more times than not, it's going to be at the location of one of your own customers. So, my recommendation, figure it out. What kind of equipment are you gonna to wanna to operate under your trucking company? And then, put that on hold, go out here and start your brokerage. You can start as a freight broker agent if you want. Build that customer base, keeping your eye on the ball. Focused on the type of commodity that you wanna haul on your own equipment down the road. That would be my recommendation. Then when the brokerage gets up to the point to where you've got a customer base that you know you would be able to put on your own truck and support your trucking operation, be profitable, there you go. 
Now what happens? So let's say down the road, let's say a year or two years down the road, you've, you've done everything correctly. And now you're in a position where you have customer base, you're hauling the customer loads on your own trunks, making 100% of that rate, not 80, 75% of whatever the customer might be paying. You're making 100% of it. But you still got your brokerage. Hopefully by this time you've got your own authority and you're operating under your own broker authority. Now you're kind of going to do a transition. You got two separate entities. You got your trucking company, you got your broker operation, but now you're picking and choosing the loads you want to put on your own trucks. The rest of the loads you obtain from your customer or have the opportunity to move. Now you can broker those to other carriers. So you are now brokering your excess freight. That's when you really start making the money. Well, you can start making the money either way, as a broker or as a trucking company. But the trick is having your own customers, having a customer base. Not using a broker for 100% of your loads. And don't say, well, I don't use a broker, I use a dispatch service. Mm. <laughs> you're, you're getting double dipped on. Talked about that a lot. All right, check us out, Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. If you have any questions about any of our services or any of our packages or whatever, feel free to call me. 479-668-0838. All right, what is going on? Oh, if you haven't noticed, we have a mug available. A coffee mug. It's pretty cool. Check it out on our website, FreightBrokerTV.com. we got pictures of it there. You can even order it from our website. Come right to your mailbox. Be home waiting on you when you get there. <laughs> All right, from our Did You Know bag, did you know, according to a new survey, 70% of people who have a dog say they have one because it helps them stay fit. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. You could take it out and walk in your dog. Yeah, that makes sense. A sweater. Uh, okay, we got the holiday season coming. Let's think about this moment. <laughs> Holidays are on the way. It's just so you know, 70 or 70%. A sweater is the holiday gift people are most likely to get rid of. You know, when I was a kid. I used to get these sweater vests. I don't, you know, pullovers. I just did not like them, never did. thought they were goofy. I'd smile, thank you very much. And it would go in the drawer. And that's where it would stay. <laughs> All right, this is pretty wild. Another study, this is the Did You Know Department. Another study has found that you spend 377 hours, that's almost 16 days, 377 hours a year preparing meals by making breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. The study says 62 hours for making breakfast, 94 hours for making lunch, 213 hours making dinner. 
And of course, we got to get snacks in there. Oh, I said snacks. If you if you uh, paying attention the other day, just saying the word snack, <laughs> you can put on weight. I don't know. Anyway, after eight hours uh, and eight hours making snacks, 370, 16 days a year preparing food. I don't know that. Don't know if I can go with that or not, but it's pretty interesting. While we're on the subject of food, in Texas, someone hopped a fence and stole 20 briskets, wow, from a barbecue place, making off with over $3,000 worth of brisket. That We're on the uh, smoker. Let's see here. Three th- i got to do my math. Hold on. That's $150 a brisket. I don't know. I think that's retail. I don't know what they sell brisket for, but I know here, I, I, now here, where I'm at in Arkansas, it's still stupid money. You know, it's still like uh, $100 for a decent-sized brisket. The other day I saw them for 85 but it was a smaller cut of meat. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. If you are a fan of Chipotle, you go in there quite a bit. Yes. They raised their prices earlier this year, and they're planning to do it again. Going to be happening before the end of the month. Australia, the uh, Domino's Down Under, are offering four new burger joint pizzas. Pizzas made with toppings you'd usually find on a hamburger. We already do that here in the States. I used to get hamburger pizza all the time. Hamburger and onions and whatever, jalapenos whatever else I could get to put on it, you know, kind of make a hamburger, pizza, cheeseburger. Here's some things you might want to know. Scientists who pay attention to such things, and I hate to have their job, talk about boring. You know, I told you before, you know, uh, back when I was 18 years old, I just wasn't cut out for factory work, but I didn't know that till I went to work in a factory. I got out of high school, and uh, there was like 18 furniture factories here in town. At the time, we have maybe one now, but uh, back then, that's 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 where the money was. You know, you get a high school, you got to work at a furniture factory. I figured out real quick I wasn't cut out for factory work. I worked at all eighteen of those within three to four months. <laughs> it just was not cut out for factory. Not knocking it, just wasn't for me. But it's, uh, this has got to be worse than. Uh, the scientist who ever has this job, it has to be worse than a factory job. Scientists who pay attention to such things say that the Earth had its shortest day ever on June 29th of this year. For some reason, the Earth spun a little faster than normal on that date by just a fraction, a fraction of a second. Whoever does that job monitors the rotation of the Earth. You know that was an exciting day for them. That I'm sorry, that's just not right, is it? Anyway, it is what it is. Uh, another thing you might want to know, in London, a man who wants to give away his refrigerator, oh, a man wants to give away his refrigerator to anyone that'll take it. The only catch is, he insists, it's haunted by the ghost of his late mother-in-law. A Maryland woman said she won $25,000 in the state lottery after playing the numbers that came to her sister in a dream. Better sisters wishing she would have played those numbers. 
All right, getting a little homeless crazy. I feel for the homeless. I think everybody does. We'd rather, you know, everybody have a home, everybody have food to eat, things of that nature. But in L.A., yeah, California, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, voters are going to get to decide if hotels should be required to allow the homeless stay, to stay in their unoccupied rooms. Now, come on. <clears throat> Uh, anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't have to explain that. I'll read it again. Yes, you heard it right. In Los Angeles, voters are going to get to decide if hotels should be required to allow the homeless to stay in unoccupied rooms. Anyway, Miami is plan. Uh, their their plan, big plan, is uh, being promoted to relocate the homeless to one of their nearby islands. Huh? That's that's they're, they're, that's both kind of weird, but anyway, it is what it is. All right, uh, today's impossible question. What was it? The average age for a person to learn to do this is eight years old. The answer: swim. I took swimming lessons when I was a kid, and you know what I remember most about the swimming lessons? I didn't like them. I love the water, but I did not like swimming lessons. You'd think that you would. But I was young. I was seven, six, seven, eight years old, probably about that same age. Because after the swimming lesson, my mother would take me to Sandy's. Hardy's bought Sandy's down the road. But Sandy's was a drive-in. And I'd get their fish sandwich or whatever it was, their fish meal. You know, fish. It was good. Anyway, that's that. All right, Saturday, Saturday morning, Q&A day. Q&A day here on the uh, FBTV podcast. Get your questions in. We'll answer them Saturday morning. Email them to me, FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. Plenty of forms on our website, FreightBrokerTV.com. And again, you can Skype your questions to us just look us up on skype fbtv anyway until then go have a great wednesday unless of course you've made other plans we'll talk soon